This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Alright guys, Sunday, April 14th, Cat and Haller here with another edition of the Morning Skate. Um, it's a big day here. Tiger Woods just won the Masters. Game of Thrones comes on in less than three hours. There's tons of shit happening. We're right in the middle of the first round of the playoffs with uh, some surprises, some expected things, stuff like that. It's been a great week for your boy. Hal, how are you living, B? <laughs> What's up, dude? How are you doing? I'm good, dude. How are you living, bro? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I didn't hear any of your intro, but I don't know what you said. Life's been good. Um, had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Are you? Are you? I mean, it's now playoff season. Is this not just the best time of the year? Like being able to, and the NHL nailed it, dude. I, the first night of hockey, there was not one point during the entire night that there wasn't hockey being played on my on my TV screen. Like, if somebody went to intermission, you would just flip to a different channel and it was already being played. Like, I think for the first time in the history of the world, the NHL did something correct. Yeah, dude. I mean, that was a pretty cool pretty cool first night on Wednesday. Um, and then good slated games Friday and Saturday, too, So and Thursday, really. I mean, so it's been a good, good few days for the hockey world. I'd agree with that. But I don't agree it's the best time of year. Uh I understand sports, dude. The bottom line of the the spring months is there's too much mud for me. Yeah, I uh, actually just cleaned out the old heavy Chevy, and <clears throat> after I did it, I was like, "Man, this this is probably gonna be dirty in like two weeks." I get what you're saying. Like, I kind of wish it went from winter to just just summer, but there was yeah. hockey being played. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you kind of live in a rural area, so you might get this too. Like, I'm a big. I just like driving. Um, nice day, fall, winter, spring, summer, like fall, you get a nice, like all the trees, foliage and shit. It's a cool temperature. We got the heat going winter. You got like the snow in the trees and stuff. It's like scenic summer windows down. Everything's perfect and beautiful. Yeah. And then spring, it's like the trees are bare. All the trash <laughs> is on the side of the road from Ken throwing stuff out his window during the winter. It's not true. Um, don't, don't put me in fun. that shade of light, dude. Sorry, dude. You're a final. No, you could have changed, dude. I mean, back in the day, everyone knows. Everyone knows you're an out the window guy. Have you changed at all? 
of course I've changed. I've grown up, dude. Right. And for our <laughs> listeners, that's back when I was a kid, dude. I'm not proud of my actions back then, but I've grown up. <laughs> It's almost like you've never seen a trash can before. Dude, now um, you're now you're just over exaggerating everything, dude. <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry, I take it back. Maybe I was being a little crass there. Yeah, I don't know why we're going double pistols at Ked right now, dude. We're only five minutes into this podcast and you're telling everybody that I'm the reason for climate change. Yeah, I feel like there are at least like five people that started listening to this and then they heard me talk about your littering past and they just unfollowed and unsubscribed. Yeah, probably, dude. People are super emotional and they don't hear everybody's sides of the story, dude. They only hear one thing, what they want to hear, and then they run away. Hey, guys, I don't litter, man. That's not my style. I just want everybody to know. Um, All right, yeah, let's just get into NHL news before this goes off the rails any further than it has. Play the music. fucked up it's fucked up dude um first thing on nhl in the news this isn't fucked up we're gonna talk draft lottery uh we talked about uh the order of it last week but it came in the new jersey devils are drafting first keds new york rangers got the second pick and the chicago blackhawks classic climb into the third pick spot uh ottawa drops down to four la drops down to five detroit to six um this was a huge night for me man like if you heard any sort of commotion during the draft lottery, like anywhere outside, just want to let you know that that was Ked and his old man freaking out when we found out that the Rangers were drafting in the top three. What a moment. I was on the couch, and you can kind of tell what's going to happen, and I remember being like, Buffalo, please be Buffalo, please be Buffalo, and they, they pulled out the Buffalo card, meeting the Rangers were in the top three. I fucking lost my shit. For a second, I thought we were going to draft first, but um, in a draft that seems like there's really only like two front-running type players, I think it's pretty good that we got in the top two. And, and this may sound weird, but I'm kind of pumped that we didn't get the first-round pick just because, like, we don't have to make that decision of what one we want. We just kind of get whoever's left over. So, like, there's not, like, pressure about, like, making the wrong pick. Um, it's Capo Caco season. If you if you have listened to the Morning Skate, you've heard this name well before any other podcast or hockey-type thing. I think this was back in, like, October. I was torqued over this kid. Best name in the league, Capo fucking Caco, dude. It looks like the the, the kid, the Finnish, the Finnish fuck is uh he's coming to New York City and he's a good player. He's totally gonna you know he's gonna be the face of the Rangers at some point. Having said that, if the Devils draft Capo Caco, then fuck him. And I'm a big Jack Hughes guy, American center, love that shit. I bleed right, white and blue, baby. So uh, that's kind of what I have going on as a Rangers fan. I'm pumped. I'm willing to take any questions or comments that you might have, Hal. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed out. What night was this? This was on Tuesday night. Yeah, for, for for some reason, I thought we had already talked about this on the podcast. And you know um, what? We might have, but I don't think we have. I think we just talked about the order. Yeah, so we definitely haven't. You were right on that. Um, congratulations, dude. Thanks, man. Um, I don't know. I think I think some people coming in hot with like the conspiracy theories – um, I know people are sending out those photos of the guys always being in the same order every year. I think the GMs, I think the NHL knows before it happens. I don't yeah. think they're like literally pulling a ball and being like, here's who ne- who's next. Um, so I don't buy into any of that. 
Um, and the other thing, too, people saying, like, oh, they just want these guys in big markets. I feel like New Jersey is one of the least marketable franchises there is. No offense to Jersey fans or players, but... We love the shore, guys. We love the fucking shore, dude. No, dude, and I, I like New Jersey, too, and I like I said, it's no offense to the fan base. I'm just saying they're not the number one team in, like, a big market. There's three teams in that market, like... It's pretty crazy to think about having the Devils, Islanders, and Rangers because name another professional sports like organization with three teams basically in the same city. So on that front, like no matter what happens, the Rangers guy's going to be on TV more and probably get talked about a little more. Um, so I don't buy what Avalanche fans are saying. And Avalanche fans, you guys are tied 1-1, and you still have like a top five pick. You traded Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne's value – is not Jack Hughes or Capo Caco. And I understand Capo that. Capo Caco, dude. I understand that you're pumped. Uh, you were pumped to maybe get one of those, but you can't be that mad with where you landed. That trade's still good. Yeah. I think, so uh, to me at least, there's three teams that really fucking crush this. This Actually, four. It'd be, the, it'd be the top three teams in the draft, right? Like New Jersey, I don't. They moved up a little, but that little bit that they moved up was huge. huge. The New York Rangers moved up, which I, I don't think we've ever had that high of a pick. I may be wrong, but I don't think, at least from what I can remember, I think the last time we drafted in the top five, it was Pavel Brendel. Then after that, it was Al Montoya at six. So, I mean, that's pretty big for the Rangers. We've had Henrik Lundqvist for years, but we've never really had that one guy who actually goes out there and plays the game of hockey. We never really had that one guy since, like, Messier and Leach and, like, the 94 guys. So that's fucking sick. And then Chicago, out of fucking nowhere. I mean, these guys were supposed to draft 12th, and they get in the top three. That one kind of seemed shady to me, but neither here nor there. The one team that I think fucking crushed this lottery more than anybody else, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the Ottawa Senators, dude. Everybody was fucking rattled that that they should have gotten the first pick, and everybody's fucking chirping them. Dude, I think I'd much rather have Brady Kachuk than whoever Colorado's going to pick at four. Yeah, but you could have had both. Yeah, I mean, you could have had both as well. But, like, if you had to pick one or the other, because that was the deal. It was a first-round first pick, and it was either last year's or this year's, and they wanted to take last year's first round, which ended up being Brady Kachuk. Yeah, and, and kind of to further that point, too, I completely agree. What did... What did the Blue Jackets trade to Ottawa for Matt Duchesne? Do you know? I don't. It had to have been some picks. So Julius Bergman, uh, conditional first, and two prospects. I think one of them is supposed to be good. I don't know if it's the Davidson kid. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, they got a pretty good haul. I, I know it's not equivalent to that top five pick, but it could have been a lot worse. Um, Peter Dorian or whatever, Eugene Melnick. Eugene Melnick's probably up there just fist-pumping, being like, I told the fans, like, trust the process. Yeah. Um, the other thing I have on this, too, is I'm never going to spell Capo Caco's name right, and I'm never going to try to learn. Super easy, dude. So I actually spelled it no. wrong. I actually spelled it wrong for a really long time. I thought it was K-A-P-P-O-K-A-K-K-O, but it's K-A-A-P-O-K-A-K-K-O. Which, dude, that's kind of sounded like a song. I don't know if you heard that, but coming off of my lips there, something felt right. You hit, can you hit me with it one more time? K-A-A-P-O-K-A-K-K-O. And dude, it's like Bingo was his name out, dude. <laughs> that's incredible. You should teach people how to spell it by singing it over Bingo was his name. Dude, like, I am a fucking visionary, man. I cannot wait for this guy to be on the Rangers. It's going to be so sick. On top of that, we have Kratzov coming over next year. I just never, ever... 
I always thought like bad things happen to good people, but for the first time ever, like good things happen to a good person. That was huge for me. So Capo Caco was his name, huh? Um, fucking right. The other it. thing, because we can sneak this in. So Finland beat Canada in women's hockey. Yeah. Um, my bigger point, and I tweeted this out, I just wanted to make, and I feel like you're the same way, especially with Capo Caco. Yep. Um, I love Finnish hockey. I think they're, I think they're one of the coolest countries. Um, can you rank for me, dude? Top three like countries other than the U.S. that you like kind of like at the Olympics. I mean, they're my favorite now. If if this guy's gonna be on my team, I gotta love. I gotta represent the country of Finland. I think the like one of the weirdest things about Finland is if you look at their jerseys, they don't say Finland on them. They say S U O M I. I think it's Suomi or something like that. And in Finnish, Suomi means Finland. Isn't that fucking weird? Like why wouldn't yeah. like why 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 don't we just call them Xiaomi or why don't they call themselves Finland? Like that's the fucking weirdest shit ever. Yeah, that is a really good point. I never understood that either with other countries. Like why like why don't we say their country's name how they say it? Like why why just be which I mean it throws back to the fact that the United States Wait, are just I a goddamn. I, I don't think no, it just kind of it proves the fact that the United States runs the world, dude. Because if we don't like the pronunciation of your country, we just change it. That doesn't even make sense to me. I don't want to talk about this any further because we could be really stupid right now. Yeah, but we probably are being really stupid. But is that not crazy? Like, S-U-O-M-I means Finland in Finnish. Why don't we call them that? Are you sure that's what it that Positive. Means, though? Positive. Yeah, it means Finland and Finnish. Is that not the fucking weirdest thing? Then why don't we call them that, or why don't they call themselves Finland? Like I've never met, I've never met a Finnish or uh, Finnish person. But if if you did and you came up to him, you're like, "Hey, bud, where are you from? Do you think they say Finland or do you think they say Swami? Or however you pronounce it." Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Can we move on? Because I'm serious. I really think like there's no way we must have like something wrong. I don't think we do, man. I don't think we do. If we do, let us know, guys. And by let us know, like slide in our DMs. Don't tweet it out to the public because we may be real dumb on this one. Uh, moving on, Slava Voinov, that fucking scumbag, was suspended for the entire 2019-20 uh, NHL season for unacceptable off-ice conduct. Eligibility to play in the NHL will be restored no later than July 1st, 2020. So Slava Voinov, for people who don't know, beat the fuck out of his wife. I think it was his wife. And it wasn't just one time. It was like a repeated thing. This guy's a fucking psychopath who, I mean, he doesn't serve any purpose on earth, if you were to ask me. But, uh, and so the NHL, he wanted to come back to it, and the NHL suspended him for next year. To me, I feel like the NHL really dropped the ball on this one by only giving this guy a one-year suspension. Like, how do you just, why not just say, hey, bud, thanks, but no thanks, you're never allowed to play again. I didn't even know. I thought he was just like, I thought they were like, just don't come back like ever. I thought that was kind of the agreement. I didn't even know. I don't even know if he's like allowed in the country. Like, is he allowed to like go to Canada and U.S. and fly from place to place? Like, so, so I feel like went, there's definitely laws. He went to jail for a couple months when this this whole thing broke down, but he got out of jail. So I'm assuming he probably could come back if he wanted to. Yeah, but what I'm saying too is like, if you think about it, like you knew, everyone knew that one kid that you like went to high school with who got a DUI, and he could never go to Canada. Yep. No, like, so. <laughs> I feel like I get what you're saying, but I, I don't know. I think he's a scumbag. I think the NHL should have just fucking suspended him for life. I don't understand, like, they're only giving him a one-year thing. 
Yeah, and it looks like, and it looks like too. I mean, maybe it's year to year. It looks like too. He has to like still apply. He has to apply for a work visa, so he's not gonna get it. He has to like try to get one. That's okay. what I just learned. I don't know. I just kind of wanted to bring that up. I thought that was some fucking joke. The NHL could have hit it out of the park there, and again they bunt. Um, Riley, tough, tough day. I don't know. And the Minnesota Duluth uh, defeated UMass to win their back-to-back Frozen Four championship. This is news because it's college hockey. Can I be frank with you about something, Hal? Yeah. Ever since John Butchergross became the face of college hockey, I could not care any less for it. I feel like last year you were high on college hockey. I don't think so. I don't even remember who was in there last year. Well, Minnesota Duluth won it last year, too. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I get what you're saying. And attendance was way down uh, in Buffalo, which is weird because, as everybody knows, Buffalo is like that crazy hockey market with TV ratings and all of that. But from what I've gathered, I think the tickets of like, I think NCAA hockey needs to know their lane. Like, it's not March Madness. It's not the college football playoffs. Like, the Frozen Four is very cool. But other than the diehards, or which there aren't a ton, teams are in there. Like, there's not a huge incentive to pay like 80 bucks for a ticket. Like, you're in Buffalo, New York. Like, make the tickets like 15 bucks, and I guarantee that place is filled. Oh, yeah. They packed the house, dude. Right? It's that big of a money grab. Like, you can't. You can't charge like that, or maybe play in smaller rinks. Like maybe they played a Frozen Four in Albany once. Like why not put it there? Like putting it in an NHL rink, it just looks empty. Uh, and the attendance numbers come out, and it looks shaky. Where you could just play in like an eight thousand capacity arena, and it'll be packed. Dude, is Buffalo out on hosting tournaments like this? Because don't you remember the World Juniors were there, and like nobody went to the games. Maybe man, and I don't really blame them either. Like I think Buffalo is a huge hockey market and they always watch it and they care about it but i think they've had those types of tournaments so many times it's like how many times can you justify paying that much and they'd probably rather go to saber games yeah and on top of that dude and this might be a really weird thing to say but like i know they got this brand new rink and the rinks are sick at the harbor center and shit like that but i feel like more people would go to this if it was at an old buffalo barn that makes sense like i think the rink's too new yeah, I get what you're saying there. Although like, I always kind of like their... You know what I mean, though, dude? Like, it's Buffalo, New York. I feel like their rink should be that home barn, dude. You know? Yeah, I get that. Um, last thing I have on this is their coach. Probably going to butcher his name, too. Scott Sandlin. I guess this, this is, like, the next. He's won back-to-back national champion. I saw someone tweet out... Uh, that he has as many national championships as Herb Brooks had in college hockey. It's like, come on, like, Scott Sandlin. I wasn't really sold on him. He kind of looks like he manages, like, an enterprise. He's kind of got that greasy kind of his faces. He always looks a little constipated. I wouldn't say he's overweight, but he definitely has bad eating habits. Um, But if you look up his, like, hockey career, if you look up photos of him as a player, he had, like, a mullet. He's from Minnesota. Uh, He has a couple national championships. Why hold on to Bruce Boudreaux? Like, why not, if you're the Minnesota Wild, why don't you pounce on this guy? Yeah, so you started off by kind of making me feel like this guy was kind of a scrub, and then you finished strong by telling me that he had a mullet and he's Mr. Minnesota. So I'm back to even there. Minnesota, I think, clearly needs a hockey coach. I don't like the comparisons to Herb Brooks, dude. I don't like that at all. Um, I mean, Herb Brooks won a gold medal. I, wow, I don't know. Was he a great NHL coach? 
Can we look that up? No, I don't. I don't think he was. I don't think. I don't think, think, I don't think he up. was, dude. I don't think he ever won a cup, did he? No, but what I was gonna ask you next is like, and obviously, like, Flyers fans hated their coach, and I feel like college coaches go back and forth. I I can't still get a read on Quinn. I feel like you like Quinn a lot, but I think you're not like I'm all in on this guy. Um, am I wrong on that? No, I like Quinn a lot, but I think you're right. I don't know if I'm entirely all in on him. And the only reason, I literally had like a little revelation earlier today. Like, I think he's been really good with, <coughs> with the Rangers because we have a younger team. But looking at what Barry Trotz has done for the fucking Islanders, a team that everybody thought would be in the basement of the NHL, that guy deserves every bit of fucking money that that guy gets. Barry Trotz is a good fucking coach. Yeah. And think about how long it took him to win a cup, which kind of sucks because I feel like that kind of doesn't make it as known of how good of a coach he is. But if you watch the New York Islanders play, man, that guy's the real deal. And I, and like, I don't know, like, do they really have that much more talent than the New York Rangers? So I think you're saying, you know, but like, I don't know. I think, I think Quinn's done. He, he made a comment where he said that where we are at today, we're a lot better at where we were a year ago. And I would a thousand percent agree with that. So I, I know what you're saying. It's hard, man. It's really tough because, like, now we're starting to get college coaches in the NHL where that didn't used to be a thing. And I don't know. It's just weird. I know that there's talks about, like, when's the first European coach going to come in and shit like that. It's just, well, the whole coaching thing to me is just, it's strange, man. Like, how do you actually get up there to become, like, a coach? Yeah, and then I was going to kind of piggyback off that, too. And say one, you're right on Trotz. Like he coached teams with like David Lagwand and like Mark Erat to the playoffs. Um, and then you've been watching the Stars a lot lately because of your boy. What do you think about Montgomery? Do you think he has a good like feel for that team? Like I, the one thing I like about Montgomery is I feel like a lot of coaches in the NHL now roll four lines like pretty religiously. Montgomery puts out that fucking Sagan Ben Radulov line whenever he gets the chance. If there's an offensive zone like faceoff, they're out there. And, like, to me, that's kind of nails. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but he played that Merrill Haskinen kid 10 minutes in the first period the other night. Like, if he if he likes you and if you're fucking wheeling, he's going to fucking play you. And I kind of respect that. I wish Zuccarello got a little bit more time on the ice, but uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think, like, the like Quinn and Montgomery, I think, have done very well. But if you look at, like, Dave Hackstall, like, he didn't do shit. Like, I feel like all the other college coaches yeah. before them didn't really do anything. So, I don't know. Oh shit, dude! What do you? Uh, what's next? Uh, next. Let me pull that bad boy up. Uh, oh, speaking of college hockey, Kale McCarr wins the Hobie Baker. Did you get a chance to watch the ceremony? Kind of, not really. I saw highlights. So it was uh, Kale McCarr, this guy Jimmy Shoe. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Played at St. Cloud and soon to be New York Rangers defenseman from Harvard, Adam Fox. And they had them all up there. I don't know if it's the first time in history, but all three players were defensemen. They brought their dads up there. They asked their dad some questions, which I don't know, like Adam Fox. All the all the hockey dads were cool. Like you know, like as soon as that thing was over, other than like Kale McCarr's dad, they were probably just went right to the bar and started boozing. Like they seemed like they were good dudes. Anyway, I mean, I feel like everybody kind of knew Kale McCarr was going to win the Hobie Baker. I don't really think that that was uh, a shock in. How many games did he play? 41 games. He had 16 goals, 33 assists for 49 points. 
Uh, the one thing I like about this kid a lot is every time he's asked about his success, he always mentions his teammates. I think that's really cool. And when he signed his entry-level deal for Colorado, he did it with his teammates around him. So, stuff like that for me goes a long way. Like, this kid was clearly heavily touted, and he wound up at the fucking zoo. Like, I, I don't know. Stuff like that. I don't know. What do you what do you think about that? Like he went to UMass. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. So looking at the zoo and someone who like briefly follows hockey east, mediocre at best. Like and they've been that way forever. Like all hockey east teams have NHL alumni. Like there is is Braun, Irwin, Montour, Quick, Cheery, and Vetrano. So like there's a little talent sprinkled in there, but like nobody's like Outside of Jonathan Quick, like you know what I mean, it's not a hockey factory. Yeah. Um, and it's funny enough, I, I don't know where I was listening to it, but like two years ago, I was listening to a radio show they have on SiriusXM, their hockey thing, and they have like a prospect shows that goes on on like Sundays, I think. And they were talking about how they're talking about Cal McCart, and they're at, like kind of talking about how he ended up at UMass, and basically he. And I think this is super cool. Like he was, he got. It's not like he didn't get recruited by every school. He did. Yeah. He just loved the coach. And he loved the program and the vision, and he was like, he didn't care that he was a top prospect and that he wasn't going to BU or like BC or Minnesota or Minnesota Duluth, these schools that pump out. And he just went where he thought was the best fit and like he'd enjoy playing the most. So to me, that's a super because it kind of shows that he's going to be one of those guys that is always going to be kind of like he's, he's a team a, guy. He's a team like guy. that's what you yeah. can No, I would agree with that. So, like Jack, I, I mean, thought- if I was. Jack Eichel was Mr. BU and all this shit. And then you look at this kid who just goes to, like, a random fucking school. I get what you're saying about that. I think it kind of shows a lot about his character. And, dude, it's the zoo. Like, that means, like, he, if you go to UMass, I think you have to party a little bit. Like, I think he's pretty clean cut. The monkey But, like, if you too. go to UMass and you play... Dude, if you go to UMass, you play on the hockey team. Like, you're definitely going to some, like, shady basement parties throughout the year. Um... Yeah, so that was a cool move. Um, good for him. No, an Avalanche fan. Back to the Avalanche fan really quick. Another reason you can't complain. You have this kid cut, too. Like, you have plenty of young talent. Yeah, and it's not like you're going to get a shit pick with number four either. You're going to get somebody who's pretty reasonably good at hockey. So, um, Moving on. Now we're going to sp- kind of get right into the playoff series. Uh, the first series where I said Bolts in five and you said Bolts in seven. And our main thing we talked about was John Tortorella. Well, let me tell you what. John Tortorella lit a fucking spark in Columbus's ass. They're up 2-0 right now. They got dominated in the first period of Game 1. I remember turning off the game and then turning it on back later, being like, oh, shit, it's probably 8 nothing now. And it was 3-3, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then Seth Jones scored. Game 2, they go out there. They dominate again. Uh... Torts has the Blue Jackets buzzing, and one of my players to watch, Sergei Bobrovsky, had a rough first period in Game 1. Guy has been locked in, dialed in since. That's a scary goalie to go up against. Uh, another thing that happened in this series, Nikita Kucherov, absolutely scumbag hit, mental midget, can't deal with the pressure, can't deal with scoring goals, throws a little hissy fit, and just goes right after somebody's head. He got suspended one game, which in my mind is a joke, how that guy only got one game after going after a head. I remember a couple years ago, Carl Hagelin was playing against the Ottawa Senators, and he finished a hit on Daniel Alfredson, and he got two games, and it was nothing even close to that. 
So in, in an era where the NHL preaches about player safety and how people can't be vulnerable, that's a fucking joke. Um, the Blue Jackets are buzzing. Guy who's been playing great. Is it Dennis Savard? Is that his name? Yeah, dude, which is shocking. Uh, yeah, out of nowhere. But every year, a team that goes on a long run has like one of those types of defensemen where you're just like, where the fuck did this guy find this level of? He's killing it. Right now, have the things up. Uh, Matt Duchesne has a goal and three assists. Zach Arensky, a goal and two assists. Artemi Panarin, a goal and two assists. Boone Jenner, two assists. And Josh Anderson, your boy, with a goal and assist. 11 players with points in the first round, nine players with a goal. Everybody's chipping in for Columbus. What do you have on this? So, I picked uh, Tampa in seven. And I think if you know my personality, or just probably almost anyone's personality in general, if you pick a team that's heavily seven, that means <laughs> deep down you hope that the other team upsets them. Yeah. You just don't think that what it takes to get it done. Yeah. And do they have what it takes to get it done? Um <laughs> everything about it with guys like Duchesne uh, and Panarin who are first and second in the team in scoring like you said um, when the when the GM decided to be everybody and give up on the future for all these UFAs it was kind of a scary thing and I was really curious to see how Duchesne and Panarin uh, were going to respond Panarin went quiet for a while after the trade deadline and then he kind of heated up but both those guys have been great like nothing but respect for Panarin and Duchesne because them to be like I can go sign somewhere else like screw you guys good luck but you can see that they've bought in and buying into Tortorella's system as like a star player isn't always the easiest thing to do mm-hmm. so I just love it man um like I said Torts is the best coach in Tampa Bay history I'll stand by that um Hedman Hedman being a game time decision we talked about this so Hedman went up and he used Chirp in the bench um saying basically that the Blue Jackets blew a 2-0 series lead last year, trying to be like, you're going to do it again. He was, like, bleeding from the face when it happened. And now he's a game-time decision with an injury. Um, give the fans, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, so my thing about the Hedman thing, if he plays in this game and Tampa wins, I think it's kind of a badass move. If he's scratched because he can't physically go, I now very out on Victor Hedman. I don't think that you can be be saying stuff like that and not be able to back it up. Um, and also, like, I feel like that's just, like, one of those things where, like, you, you remember, like, playing growing up youth hockey and shit if another team is beating you, but, like, like you guys were better. So, like, you, I don't know, you'd give them a little business, and then the first thing they would do it would, would be, like, to point up at the scoreboard. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's essentially kind of like what he did in a weird way. They weren't winning, but it was like the scoreboard of like hockey's like past. Like, dude, that that's when you know you're in trouble is when somebody has to do that. Yeah, and then kind of transitioning to Kucherov too. Like, what's your problem, dude? Why are you cross-checking guys in the head? Um, or hitting guys in the head, sorry. That was a different person that cross-checked someone in the head. That's heavy on my mind right now. Um, it's a mental midget. That's all that like is. Why, and one game is definitely soft, and I think everyone knows we're a pro-fighting, pro-old-time old time hockey podcast. Um, but there's, like, the, those hits to the head, him and what Kadri did, and, like, those are the ones that I'll always have a problem with. And they're always worse, too, when the guy's on the ground. Um, like, can, can, I, just, can I kind of chime in right now real quick? Yeah. You mentioned Kadri, which we'll talk about in a little bit. 
I had more of an issue with what Kucherov did than what DeBrus did. Not in the sense of like executing what they did, but but Kucherov did that because they were losing, because he hasn't done anything, and he was fucking pissed off, and he wanted to go out and fucking do something. Whereas Kadri, I'm going to give Kadri a little bit of slack because he saw the hit on Marlowe, and I think that was kind of like, I'm going to stick up for my teammate. I don't think you need to cross-check him in the face, but I don't think that that was Kadri was pissed off that himself and his team was sucking. I think that was more or less like him sticking up for a teammate. So in that regard, I guess I'm a little bit more okay on the Kadri thing than I am on the Kucherov thing. But I get what you're saying. There's other ways to go about doing that. And I I just, I don't know, the Kucherov thing, and it sucks because, like, I love him. Like, he's so good at hockey, and he competes. And, like, I like the the fact that he gets mad when he's not playing well. But instead of acting like a little baby... Go out and fucking do something. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I disagree with your take on Kadri. I'm not, not, and I wasn't even comparing two hits. <coughs> I was just saying they're both hits to the head. Yep. Uh, but we can get into that later on. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of funny to see. I know too. The other thing with the with the bolts is we last year. I think we kind of went anti Stamkos on this podcast, and then he kind of won us back this year. Um, I don't think he's the problem at all, but like, don't you think he has to like do something? I think, like, I, I don't know if it's in the locker room or it's weird, man, because I, th- I honestly think sometimes when teams have different players on like different role players on their team, they go a little bit farther back when like the bolts had like Brian Boyle, like they had guys that were fucking grinding. Now they have to re- rely on guys like fucking JT Miller. JT Miller was a New York Ranger for a really long time. If you listen to the podcast and you and you found out that I wasn't that upset that JT Miller left the Rangers, it's because of this. He he's a passenger. He's not a guy who drives play. He relies on other people doing shit. And you need depth guys that go out there. We're gonna get into the Islanders just here in a little bit. But you look at the Islanders and their fourth line and like what they do. I, I understand you want a little bit more out of Stamkos, but you also want a little bit more out of all your other guys. And when you have Cedric Paquette pretending he's a fucking tough guy every two seconds and Alex Kilhorn, actually, Paul, I haven't even seen Paquette. Maybe Paquette's not even playing. But Alex Kilhorn, like, I don't know. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Hal. All right, moving on. Um, The New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Isles take a 3 nothing lead. Jordan Eberle, three goals, two assists. Barzell's got four apples. Anders Lee, a goal and two assists. Valtteri Fulpila... Filpula, three goal, uh, three assists. Bailey, two goals. Brock Nelson, the scientist, two goals. Leo Komarov with a big goal today. Then you look over on the Penguin side. Malkin's got three points in three games, but to me, he's been kind of invisible, which is weird. Justin Schultz, three points. Phil the Thrill, two points. You scroll down here. Sidney Crosby, zero goals, zero assists, dash four. Um, I think I know what the problem is. That and the fact that uh, Robin Leonard is playing out of his goddamn mind. He's sporting a 951 save percentage with a uh, 1.62 goals against, where Matt Murray's just over 900 on the save percentage with a 3.33 goals against. I, I, I don't know. I didn't see the Isles jumping out 3 nothing. What do you have on this one? Pure domination. Um, I, I don't know, man. I I just think some years, and I can't quantify this in any way, there's like no statistic behind what I'm about to say, and a lot of people are going to say it's stupid. I feel like just some years the Penguins are good, and some years the Penguins are bad, and 100%. you just don't really know 
which team's going to show up when the playoffs start. 100%. wasn't that long ago when the New York Rangers were, like, dummying them. And the Rangers weren't even, like, that awesome. Yeah, like, they just... They're a weird team to me because they've won a ton of cups, and obviously that probably has to do with Sidney Crosby. But sometimes when they're bad in the playoffs, they are bad. Mm -hmm. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury was terrible for a few years. You're right, the Rangers are beating up on them. I remember the Bruins (laughs) sweeping them in the Eastern Conference Finals. They didn't even, like, put up a stink. I don't know, man. It's weird to me. Like, sometimes they just look like they click on all cylinders, and it's like, oh, my God, why is – why is Zach Aston Reese scoring three goals? And why is Jared McCann doing spinoramas? Yeah. Like, why is this happening to my team? And then there's other times where they just look like they're completely out to lunch. You got Eberle scoring and people fighting after. The Coliseum's rocking. They can't even get it done at home. Like, it's sad. Um, one thing that really threw me off is, what team is Thomas Kunakl on? This uh, might be completely- he's on the Islanders. I thought he was on the Penguins. Like he was. Thomas, Thomas Kuhnockel to me is one of those journeymen that like I will never know where he is. Mm-hmm. And you don't know how he got there. And he's from Germany too. I was about to say like, is he from like Kuhnockel? Is a strange name. <laughs> Thomas Kuhnockel is a German hockey player that blows my mind. Uh, do the Islanders sweep the Penguins? I don't know. I mean, does that game happen tonight? No. No, it happens on Tuesday, I think. Yeah, they just play today. Yeah, so I would say no. Uh, I think Pittsburgh gets a one, but then the Islanders kill them in game five. The one thing about the Penguins is, like, whenever the Penguins go home, I always get so rattled because it's like, fuck, I hate playing Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh because that's the type of rink where they score a goal and then they score, like, eight goals. They just didn't have that today. So Yeah, dude. Igloo's popping off. Yeah, so... (laughs) I uh, I don't know. I think the Islanders sweep, which is wild. But although it would be classic Islanders for them to lose this series now. Uh, moving on, Carolina Hurricanes and the Washington Capitals. Capitals are up two games to nothing. Brooks Orpik scored in overtime. Uh, he has two overtime goals in the playoffs. Ovi doesn't have one. I uh, guess this is just Ked nailed it. The fucking Hurricanes are outclassed. They're out hockeyed. They're too busy worrying about celebrations and not focusing on hockey. That's what happens when you spend 90% of your year YouTubing what cool new thing you could do after winning except for focusing on the X's and O's. Uh, this is this is big. I'm not shocked. Uh, I can't wait to do a fucking skull chant as soon as the Hurricanes are removed from the playoffs. Never should have been in it. It's a disgrace. Uh, what do you have on this? I think I'm just going to let you take that away. I think that pretty much speaks for itself. Um, the one thing I just wanted to ask you on really quick, uh, what'd you think on the Michael Furland hit? He got like two, five and ten. I didn't agree with that. I kind of wish that like the NH, I mean, it's kind of a fucking hard thing to do, but I kind of wish if a, if a referee is going to call a five in a game on somebody that they can kind of go over to the scorekeeper and watch like two replays to see if they actually nailed it. Cause I think if you rewind this, I don't think this is really that bad of a hit i think the guy leaned down which made it look way worse than what it was i think the refs also saw the last name on the jersey was furland so that's kind of a little bit easier to make that call uh do you agree like wouldn't that be a little bit easier like if a ref calls a five minute major if he can go over and just look at it really quick and be able to rescind what he's what he sees and just go right up to the coach right then in the moment and be like this is exactly what happened i think would be a lot better 
Yeah, I mean, that would be a, re- a replay that actually makes sense. I think the NHL gets nervous with adding more replays. But I feel like there's got to be a couple stupid ones they could get out and, like, replace with this. I don't know. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it should be justified for a ref to kick a guy out of a game. I feel like it should be justified. So I agree with that. Yeah, so Caps and four. Uh, moving on, last one, Bruins and the Leafs. They're tied 1-1. After the first game, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I was a little bit nervous for the Bruins. It looked like the Leafs just kind of dominated. That The Bruins weren't really there to play. It kind of looked like they didn't really think that it was going to be hard, I guess, would be the <laughs> easiest way to think. I think they kind of just thought, oh, yeah, fucking Leafs. Let me tell you what, game two is not that way. Uh, they got Captain America, David Backus, back in the lineup, going around banging anything that moves. I mean, the, the fucking Leafs got bullied throughout the entire course of the game. Uh, Jake, well, in game one, Kadri kind of slew foot DeBrus. DeBrus got hurt. They asked DeBrus if he was ready to go. He said 100%. Then it was kind of like the same type of hit that Kadri gave to DeBrus, except for DeBrus gave to Kadri. And then Kadri kind of complained to the ref. And I think when DeBrus noticed that both of them were going to get matching penalties, he's like, okay, this is time that I can kind of wail on this guy right now, jumped on him, whatever. Later in the game... Kadri gets out of the penalty box. DeBrus goes to make a hit. Listen, guys, I don't have a horse in the race, okay? Was it a dirty hit? I'm going to say yes. I think it was knee on knee. However, I don't think DeBrus's expectation was for that to happen. Because if you look at his shoulder, I think he went in to hit him with the shoulder. And his body was already kind of there. Thus, going knee on knee. Should it have been a penalty? Yeah, no matter, I mean, the intention wasn't there or whatever, but that's still a penalty. It's still need a knee, whatever. Later in the game, we kind of touched on this a little bit before. Uh, Jake DeBrus rides Patrick Marlowe into, like, the curved stanchion by the bench. <coughs> Kadri sees this. Kadri comes over, cross-check to the face. No, this isn't a replay, guys, because if you look at last year's playoff series, he did almost the exact same thing in the exact same corner to Tommy Wingles. So that corner is now called Kadri's Corner. Uh, it's just, it was interesting. If I'm a Bruins fan, I'm pumped to see them battle. I'm terrified that Tory Krug is going to be out because he got fucked up. He got hit by Muzzin. The hit really wasn't that bad. I think the thing that made it the worst is that his helmet flew off. When his helmet flew off, the back of his head hit the fucking boards. Very scary to see. Uh, on top of that, Connor Clifton got hurt. Meaning Steve Camper's probably going to be in your lineup. Meaning the hopes of the Boston Bruins winning a Stanley Cup this year are now at zero. Yeah, so now for my completely biased analysis, I would say first, according to Joe Haggerty, well-respected journalist, <laughs> uh, scholar, tweeted, tweeted out that he has sources with the Bruins that are saying that Krug was not concussed. So Really? No shit. So if that's actually the case, that would be huge. Huge, He's, dude. I thought he was going to be out until, like, next January. Because that didn't look yeah, good at all. So him, so they're saying he's not concussed. Connor Clifton is listed day-to-day. They called up Jacob Zaboral, Um And is, John Moore might come back, too. So there's still hope that Camford doesn't play. Is Zaboral a defenseman? is the guy that they took first out of the three. I know. Zaborl. I thought he was a forward, though. He's a defenseman. Yeah, he's a defenseman okay. who likes to hit. So that, that would I make hope. me feel better about Camper not getting in the lineup. So, so I mean, we we have a chance we won't see Camper. Uh, kind of backtracking, you're completely right. Game one was terrible. Like I was watching all the playoff games, and they were all 
so intense Wednesday night. And then I turned it on Thursday. It just looked like the Bruins are playing in, like, game 79 after they had already clinched. Yeah. Like, I think they forgot it was the play. It was weird. Um, I was a little concerned. Went to the game Saturday. had a great day. One of the best days I've had. You know, day drink, Red Sox to the Bruins game. Awesome stuff. Um, I don't know. They came out firing. You're right. You can't underestimate David Backus going into the lineup. I'm not one to question Bruce. Cassidy because he loves to mix it up and do different things. But David Backus is the type ready for the playoffs, and you could tell that he was going to set the tone. Um, I loved it in his post game quotes. He was talking and he was there asking him about like what he thought in game one, like watching it, and he was saying stuff like we like we didn't try, we weren't competing, we weren't finishing our checks. Like he was talking like he played the game, but he's up in the press box. Like yeah. the dude didn't care that he got scratched and he went in and like you gotta ride him. He looked fresh, he was skating well. Speed wasn't an issue. And I think he sets the tone for like how the Bruins can, can succeed in the playoffs. Um I don't know, man. If you just want to go to Debrus Kadri rabbit hole, I, I kind of agree I agree with you on that hit with Debrus and Kadri. I think Debrus was trying to lay Kadri the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he was trying to do it clean or dirty, but I think the way they lined up and Kadri tried to jump to get out of the way once he noticed him, I think that's kind of what caused knee on knee. I can see him trying to like still, like I said, land a dirty hit that probably should have been a penalty. But I think it was awkward from the way their two bodies kind of collided. I don't know. That might be a homer take on my part. Um, the Kadri, Marlowe, the Brusque thing, DeBrusque finishes another big hit, which was sweet. Um, actually, really quick, before I get into that, what did you think about Pasternak's hit? Every time he was hitting people, I was getting so fired up. I don't know if you saw it, but he jumped. I would like, be, I would be, if I'm on, if I'm a Bruins fan or a member of the Boston Bruins, and you see one of your skilled guys like David Pasternak going out there, and it was, it wasn't just one hit, dude. It was like every single time that guy was on the ice, he was throwing bodies, and he didn't give a shit. And for a small little Czech kid. I'd be fucking so jacked up seeing that happen. Yeah, so I mean, I was, I thought that was awesome. So DeBrusque rails Marlowe, and then of course it's Kadri coming in. The one thing that I just, I disagree with you on is when you say that like he was standing up for his teammate. Like I think the reason he cross-checked Jake DeBrusque in the head is because it was Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. yeah, like like it was still selfish at the same time, and like. To me, the reason I tweeted out, and I apologize, Leaf fans, I tweeted this because you're all really upset that he's Kadri's the biggest loser in the NHL, is because why don't you just punch him in the face? Like, I just don't get the cross-check thing to me. To me, that and what Kucherov did are, like, the two scummiest things that you can do. So it just pissed me off that way. Like, if he punched him in the face and started, like, a Donnybrook, like, Kadri can fight. He's not a terrible fighter, like. Why didn't you just – that was a chance where you wouldn't get an instigator, drop the gloves, and beat him off. But in, Beat him off, Jesus. But instead, now you're going to be suspended again for maybe five games because it's an in-person hearing, and you let your team down again. Like, to me, it was selfish. That's why I don't get why Leaf fans would support that. Like, it's the second year in the row that you've lost your forward depth because Kadri did something stupid. Um do you agree with that point or no? Yeah, no, still... it's really, really fucking dumb. And, like, he's already been suspended once. You would have thought that he would have, like... I, I didn't think of it this way. Like, it, let's say it wasn't DeBrusque who hit him. Let's say it's fucking Nordstrom. Like, does Nordstrom get cross-checked in the face? Probably not. 
So I think I think you're probably right there. Speaking of Nordstrom, that guy was flying. I know that you're not a huge fan of him, but I thought he's impressed me a little bit over the last couple of games. Again, this not on the cadre front. Who's Coolum or Coolman or Coolman Carson Coolman was uh he was the captain of Minnesota Duluth last year when they won the national championship. Okay. I didn't know where that guy because I thought they kept saying Coolman and I'm like, I think that guy's been out of the league for quite a bit. What's going on here? Yeah, so he's a twenty. He's like twenty three, twenty four. I think like he'll project to be a bottom six guy. Um, one guy that really impressed me before I go back to that because you kind of changed the topic too was Charlie Coyle. He was all over the puck in game one. He scored that goal in game two. Um, I know he's not gonna. He doesn't have the ceiling anywhere near what Ryan Donato has. But I do like him on the third line. I think he's fast, and I think he helps with like the possession game. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I'm really pleased with the way he played. Um, my overall takeaway, and you're going to have to follow me on this one, um, NHL refing is like kind of – people were talking about how the NHL is letting the game get away from the players, and that's why that stuff's happening. But the it, the overlapping issue that I have, and this is like one of the – kind of a reoccurring point that we have on this podcast, is that when the NHL – when the playoffs come around, like guys ramp up the physicality. I forget who I was listening to, but they made a really good point. If you look at the series right now, like the Islanders and the Bruins, like how are they winning the series? Like they're beating them up. Yeah. Like I would even say the Capitals are a heavier team than the Hurricanes. The more physical teams are the teams that are winning. And the the Blue are Jackets are more physical than the fucking Lightning. Yeah, they're dominating physically. Like that's what's happening. And I think that's awesome. And I love that the refs, um, the refs kind of let stuff go. But the problem that we have when the two worlds collide is that you can't, players can't enforce the game. Like, People are chirping Chara for not ripping Kadri's head off. But if you look at it in the context of the game, there were seven minutes left. They were up by two, and they had three defensemen left. Clifton and uh, Krug. Krug were both gone. So if Chara gets an instigator on that, he's gone for the game, and we have 3D up by two against the Leafs. And like, I don't like that at all. No. So like, <laughs> if, it was the old, if it was the old NHL and he pumped to like five minutes, like – do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like sometimes when the games get more heated and the and the refs are the ones who control it and it's not up to the players, guys are going to get cross-checked in the head or hit in the head like Kucherov did. Like, shitty stuff happens. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Normally, like, when people say that, I I even am like, yeah, okay, but, but I think that's, yeah, 100%. Um, but and at the same time, I don't want playoff hockey intensity to go down. Like, I love it. I love it so much. I guys would punch each other in the face more often. I agree with that. Um, so if the Bruins' defense is all right, I think the biggest thing about Kadri being suspended is now when they go home, you could have had Kadri's line out there against uh, the Bergeron line and have him just try to shut them down, and then you have a line of Tavares and Matthews wheeling around. The fact that Kadri's out of the lineup, that's awful for the Leafs. Uh, I mean, I now after this, if Kadri's done for the series, I'm probably going Bruins in five or six. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a homer, so I'm not going to say my pick. I, I think very easily um, the Leafs could come back out and play well. But where, like, John Tavares and Austin Matthews did not scare me on the ice at all. Super surprising. Like, when you watch a game live, superstar players usually stand out. He didn't have the best game, but Mitch Marner is sick. 
Mitch Marner is a really good hockey player. I've hated on Mitch Marner. I've been Austin Matthews over Mitch Marner. I think I still am. But, like, I have to put some respect on that kid's name. He's filthy, and he looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah, he's he, that kid, if I could change lives with anybody in the NHL, it would probably be him. And I, I still really like Kapanen. I think he's a cool player. William Nylander, man, he played, like, trash. And he, that one goal he gave up for Darren Heinen, like... Yeah, you can't. that can't happen in the playoffs. Come on, dude. Like, go back on vacation, so... That's all I got on that. Really, really, really quick before going to the next series, what do you have on Sean Avery's video? I So, I like Avery, and I also hate Avery. I think I've always had a love-hate relationship. I'm just going to say this. And I liked Sean Avery, the hockey player. But when did Sean Avery become a good moral compass? Why am I taking this advice from Sean Avery? It's the same thing with Brad Marchand. If Brad Marchand started, like, making videos like that about those players, I'd be like, dude, like, this is, you're probably wrong. <coughs> Do you agree with what he said about Matthews? What did he say about Matthews? He's, I forget. He said that, where has Austin Matthews been? If I'm Austin Matthews, I'm dropping the gloves with Jake DeBrusque. First shift, get them going. I, it would never happen, but, like, dude, if I was if I was a Leafs fan and Austin Matthews fought DeBrusque off the draw and, like, didn't get his ass kicked, I would be so fucking pumped. Yeah, dude, you're right. I don't know if it was you or Fever Boy Rex that was basically, like, not a chance that guy will fight. But I agree with that. I mean, that would – 100%, if it's game three and the puck drops and Austin Matthews fights Jake DeBrusque, like, that's a huge swing for the Leafs. For that one, like, <laughs> yeah, it won't happen, but too many holes in his jeans, dude. Uh, yeah. Moving on, we are now going to go to the Western Conference. The Stars and the Predators are tied one-to-one. I'm just going to kind of break this down real quick. I think the Stars have given, like, I said the Stars are going to beat the Preds really just because I want that first-round pick and because Zuccarello's on the Stars. I'll be honest with you about that. But the Stars have, they've had some good periods, some good road periods in the playoffs. I think they've stuck around. I think they made Nashville a little bit worried. Miro Haskinen is unreal. Jim Montgomery played him nine minutes in the first period of Game 2. Uh where I think they need to kind of figure it out. Sagan, I think, needs to do a little bit more. Uh, Jamie Benn has been pretty good, but I don't know. I would want a little bit more out of the big guys because when it comes to the stars, if you look at it, like that's pretty much what they got. So need a little bit more from there. Nashville, I think they're a little bit hurt. Simmons looked like he got hurt last game. Brian Boyle was sick. I don't know where the fuck Rocco goddamn Grimaldi came from. That was a name that I haven't seen in years. And... Let me just say, the playoffs is always the time of the year to remind me why P.K. Subban can be so fucking insufferable. Like, that guy gets bumped, he gets lightly slashed, and all he does is flail. And all he does is bitch, and all he does is roll around on the ice. He's a guy that you'd love on your team, but you would hate him if he was on the other team. And right now, he's on the other team, and I can't fucking stand him. Yeah, yeah. P.K. Subban in the playoffs takes it to another level. Um, I would agree with that, man. I think... I don't know. Looking at the stars, one big, two big takeaways that I had were Blake Como and Roman Polak. That was kind of concerning for me when I heard those two names. Roman Polak, man, I can't believe that guy's still in the NHL. I love Roman Polak. Seven times. Kind of crazy there. But two guys that we talked about off the podcast are Radic Vasca, Vasca, or whatever his name is, and Rope Fence, or Rope Fence. Hints. Hints. Did I say that right? Yeah, Hints. Hints was it. Hints was the Dallas Stars' best player in game one, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. 
And so I think he's a really good player. Um, but they're two younger guys, and I know I don't think they either of them have a point yet. So like maybe they need to start producing a little bit. Like, and I know he played really well, but you need secondary scoring. So obviously, if if Sagan's not lighting it up, then you would need that to kind of I don't know balance things Some, out. Somebody's got to put the puck in the net. Yeah, T- Tyler Sagan, not a playoff performer as of yet. Yeah. Um, who do you got? It's tied one yeah, one going to Dallas. Yeah, dude, I, I think I picked the Preds, and I think I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. Um, to me, they're still too deep. Like, I know those two guys got injured. By the way, Wayne Sims getting possibly injured is, like, uh, pretty par for the course. That sucks. Um, but I, I just think the Predators have been there before. I don't know if they're a cup contender, but I think they could at least win in six. I seven. also think one of the coolest things about the playoffs is you get to watch players that you don't normally watch over the course of the year for more than one game. Victor Arvidsson is one of my favorite players in the NHL. He is so fucking good, and he's so small, and he has, like, these sick moves that he does, and he competes, and he goes to the net. He is unbelievable. If I was a Predators fan, I'd be so pumped that that guy was on my team. I think he was a fourth-round pick. Like, Victor Arvidsson's legit. I don't know if you've watched him play, but he is fucking so good at hockey, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, do you also just like him? Isn't he – what number does he wear? 38? Oh yeah, he does actually. Yeah. So it's confusing. Uh, moving on, next one: Winnipeg, St. Louis. I want to take blame for Winnipeg going down two nothing because I jumped off the whiteout cad ship. Uh, I think they miss me. I may have to fucking put put on the white t shirt this week. Um, I think the bottom line with this series is just Helen Buck's been outplayed by Bennington, which is crazy because I I hate Bennington. But, I mean, he's good. He's really, really, really good. I think he's only lost like five or six games since he's been in the NHL. That's decent. <laughs> um, a couple takeaways. And this may be because Winnipeg was home, but it seemed like the Blues just kind of hung around all game and then they would, they would at the right moment, strike. Uh, Shifley, I think, needs to do a little bit more. Kevin Hayes has not really played all that great for Winnipeg. I think he needs to do something. Um... And fucking Ryan O'Reilly's playing great hockey, dude. Yeah, so that must be really tough for you to say out loud, so I'm proud that you said that. I just think... I hate him. I don't know. Something about the Jets team, like Nikolai Ehlers, he doesn't have any points. I think it's him and Hayes, and who's on the line with them? Kyle Connor? Uh, Matthew Perot. Okay, so I mean, those three guys have combined for zero points. Yeah. Obviously... I think with the Jets, they're going to need a little more scoring than that from them, too. Patrick Line has two goals. That's a good sign. Dustin Bufflin's played a good series, too. So I don't think it's completely hopeless. Their best players have showed up. They just need depth, and they need Connor Connor Hellebuck to step up, which I guess, and I I didn't really read too much into it. He didn't have the best season statistically. Some people still said he played great. So I don't know, man. I think the Jets could very easily go back and win, too. But the bottom line is the Blues have been the hottest team in the NHL for like three months now. Yeah, I, I'm sh- I'd i be shook if I was a, a Winnipeg fan. Um, <laughs> next series, the Flames and the Avs. Uh, a lot of people thought I was an idiot for taking the Avalanche. They're tied 1-1 right now. In game one, the Avs lost 4 nothing, but it was tied 0-0 more than halfway through the second period. Uh, they scored two in the second, then they had two late third period goals. A couple things to take away from here. Uh, the Calgary Flames fly, dude. They are so fast, and they come at you, and they continuously go at you. Their defense is really good. Johnny Gaudreau is so good. It, it's like 
<coughs> he's so effortless out there, which is incredible. Uh, Nathan McKinnon scored an overtime the other night on a fucking sick shot. He's so good. Uh, a name? I'm going to ask you about this guy. JT Comper. What do you have on him? Where the fuck did this guy come from? Because he, he's... Didn't JT Comper? What? Didn't he play for Michigan? I don't know. He's been a really, really good little player for the Avs, though. He battles. I think he had a goal the other night. Um, he's been really good. Philip Grubauer's been good. Mike Smith has been Mike Smith, dude. Smitty, dude. Uh, I FaceTimed Feverboy Rex last night during the playoffs, and he hadn't seen the Calgary game yet. And he turned it on. He goes, dude, is that Mike Smith? And then just started screaming Smitty. We're big Smitty guys, dude. Uh, and then, yeah, Mike Smith got it, got involved physically with Derek Broussard earlier in the game in the first period last night. They both got coincidental minors. What do you have on this series? Anything? The Flames jerseys are sick, by the way. Yeah, they definitely have cool jerseys. Um, yeah, so Comfort was a captain at Michigan. He was like a second-round pick. I think I think he's kind of been, since he got to the NHL, like a third-line guy. I mean, it seems like he thrives in that position. Yep. Um, Good depth guy. Um, I still think the Flames are the better team. I think I think there are glaring issues. They're starting to kind of come to light a little bit, which is uh, Brody, that one defenseman, TJ Brody or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks lost out there at times. I, I know it's you know it's bad when Flames fans are saying that they should bench him for Dalton Prout. Um, oh so that's kind of where they're looking right now. So I think I think the Flames defense is kind of suspect, um, and obviously Smitty. One guy that's kind of impressed me, and I don't know if you're getting the same vibes or not, because I can never get a read on him. And it seems like Calgary fans like him, even though he always seemed like a bust to me. Was Sam Bennett? He's got that mustache. Sick, sick First mustache, off, dude. That was gonna be my question. What do you think on the mustache? Unreal. Uh, I think and like his is the coolest because it's the longest. But a lot of the guys on the Flames are sporting mustaches right now. Uh, I wish I kind of paid attention a little bit more to the Flames during the regular season because, like, I think Sam Bennett's awesome. I love Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. I've always been a Travis Hamonick guy. He's tough as shit. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I picked the abs, and like right now, to me, it's still just kind of like a toss-up because they're going 1-1 back to Colorado, and Cal McCarr is going to be in the lineup. you got to think the abs at least take one of the games there. So, I don't know. Yeah, I thought two things. I So, I watched some of the game last night. I thought Sam Bennett had a sick pass to Rasmus Anderson on the power play. Like back. Oh over. yeah, Rasmus Anderson, great player. Yeah, I love I love him too. He's scruffy all over yeah. the place. Younger, um, just out of shape. The other, yeah. You you touched on Kachuk. <clears throat> there was like this one really subtle thing, but I thought it was so funny. So he crashed the net and he got pushed into the goalie, and he was in the net. Um, and it's not like he was like fit being physical with the goalie, but he was just like face washing the goalie. I feel yeah. like you don't ever see guys palm the goalie like yeah. just so casually too. Like the ref was on him, and he was just kind of waving his hand over in his face. I thought that was funny. So, dude, I, don't I, think, know. I think I think it's something to be said about Matthew Chuck too. Is he was a rookie last year? He's already got an A on his jersey, and like they have some fucking good players on that team. Johnny Gaudreau doesn't have an A. Uh, a lot, like I mean, a ton of those older guys don't have A's, and they just give it to this Matthew Chuck kid, which I think he truly means something to that team. Seeing that, so pumped about yeah. that. I don't know. I, I think the Avs still have firepower. <laughs> I picked them, and I instantly regretted it. I have such a hard time with the Western Conference. I picked them to go to Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think, after watching kind of a little closer in the playoffs so far, I think Smitty's going to have to go on a run, and I 
and I just don't know if that will happen. But yeah. I think they get through this series. I'm not. I'm pretty confident in that still. Okay. Uh, last series, the Sharks and the Knights, they are also tied 1-1. It's been a physical series. Vegas Golden Knights, they come in waves. Evander Kane seems to be pissing off every single person he comes into contact with, which is awesome. That's when Evander Kane pay, plays his best hockey. I think the storyline we kind of – well, I think I did the Martin Jones. Either one of us did the Martin Jones thing. Sucked during the regular season. He was good in game one, awful in game two. Story of the fucking year for them. Uh, going into game three, the Knights just signed Nikita Gutsev, which is a uh, kid who plays in the KHL. He's 26 years old. He had 82 points this year with Scott, and he's 10th all-time in KHL points. That's kind of a nice little acquisition to get come playoff time. What do you have on this? Like, Flurry played good last game. I – I could watch the Sharks play the Knights all year and be just so happy because they're two teams who clearly just fucking hate each other. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's a that's a really interesting series. Like the Knights, the Knights are a good hockey team. It sucks to say, but they're a good hockey team. I don't know how this Gusev guy fits in. Like, I feel like being a Russian who's never played in North America. Like when Radulov came back, at least he had played once. Like. That's going to be a tough adjustment going into the playoffs. Like, how big of a difference can he make? Clearly, we'll see. Maybe he's a Russian, so he'll thrive in chaos. Um, I didn't see Martin Jones playing game two, but it sounds pretty predictable. Um, I don't know. I don't really have. I don't really have a ton on this series. Was there? Oh, there haven't really been. Lo- Logan Couture yeah. almost lost a nut. That was fucking. Crazy. Oh yeah. That, that was, was fucked up shit, yeah. dude. That was literally a direct direct slap shot to the nutsack. I think the better question would be is how did he not lose one? Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like in a situation like that you have to lose one. There's no way that you just survive that. So and I and I know super- I know it's not a laughing manner, but it happened. And then they went to a whistle and they showed the slow motion. And the announcers are like, they're like, oh, and Logan Tour goes down to block a shot, and oh no, <laughs> I kind of chuckled a little bit. Like they were just like, Jesus Christ, poor kid. Uh, I don't know. This is a fucking great series, though. Yeah, and I think too. That's when you know. Um, that's when you know that you don't have any confidence in your goalie when you're willing to block a shot with your balls. Yeah, I t- and you want to know what, dude? Now that we've talked about all of them, like the playoffs have been pretty good this year. There's really only one series that I've seen that like that I don't constitute as like a potential rivalry, and that's just the Carolina Hurricanes and the Capitals because the Carolina Hurricanes shouldn't be on the same ice as them. All the other series. It seems like, I don't know, they're all really fucking hard-hitting. They're, I don't know. I think they're all good. What do you have on that? I could, be re- I could be really off-base on this, and I totally agree with that. But So Michael Haley's been in, and I don't know if he's still playing. And I think in Game 1, he was actually throwing the body around and causing some commotion. Again, I didn't see Game 2. But it's super weird to me that Don Scoy scratched. I feel like he's one of the few Sharks that was always electric good in the playoffs, playoff. too. Yeah, I don't know if he had a, just a abysmal season or what's going on there, but I always felt like the Bruins played the Sharks twice, and I feel like Donskoy was always on like their second or third line. Yeah, no, Donskoy, and he would always buzz too. I like that Martin Sorensen kid. And I'm watching. I'm right now. I'm currently oh. watching the Lightning uh, Columbus game. And just one other note that's different from playoffs to in regular season. I love when players go hard to the net like right before a whistle's about to happen. And during the regular season, you don't really see it that often unless it's kind of like a rivalry type night. The playoffs is great for that, dude. There's always so many extracurriculars around the net, and I just fucking love that shit. 100%. Also, really quickly, 
Marcus Sorensen, you mentioned him. He has better hair than Eric Carlson. And Mike Ricci. I think it fits better. Yeah, that guy's Yeah, dude. I feel like the Sharks are the only team that always have, like, greasy, like, ironed hair. Yeah, like they're ironborn. Like they're fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, they're just a I don't know, man. I always root for the Sharks, so... Do you think, what do you think going into it? 1-1, I think everyone kind of expected this to be a long series. Uh, yeah, I still think it'll be a long series. After the after game one, I thought the Sharks were going to fucking dominate. And then, I don't know, Vegas kind of figured it out. They're just, they're always that weird team. They they're they may not have the best players, but they play really good fucking hockey. So, we'll see. Hell yeah. Um, moving on, we are now going to get into our Twitter questions. Brought to you by Company 39. Company 39 is creating digital hockey camps with some of the best players on the planet, giving amateur players, coaches, and parents the ability to learn directly from the best. If you're a young hockey player, you need this. You get to see what a player like Joe Pavelski had to go through to get to where he is. If you're a men's league bender like me, you'll love it. If you're a hockey parent or coach looking to motivate your players, this is for you. You get an ebook with mindset tools from the athlete, and you get in-depth on-ice drills that you don't normally see, but you know that the pros use. I'm excited to say that we have a promo code to share with you guys. Go to company39.com, that's K-O-M-P-A-N-Y-3-9.com, and use the promo code MORNINGSKATE to save 20% off. While you're there, check the testimonials and see names like Charlie McAvoy and Anders Lee giving them their full endorsement. It's no joke, so head on over to company39.com, stop wondering, and start learning from the best. Twitter question time. We got two this week. Uh, let's go. B sends wants to know: Are you guys Game of Thrones fans? If so, do you agree with the CBC article comparing this year's Stanley Cup contenders with Game of Thrones characters? Also, who are your picks for winners of the Cup and the Iron Throne? I'm a huge Game of Thrones nerd right now. I'm currently wearing my Sundays are for Westeros shirt. Um, I've been told by a couple people that also follow us not to really give too many things that are going on during Game of Thrones because they're watching it for the first time and, and they don't want spoilers. To that, guys, you've had, like, almost two years since the last episode was on, so, like, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I don't care. Like, you had two years to, to watch, so that's on you. That's not on me. I'm a huge Game of Thrones guy. I thought the article was well-written. I thought the one that I put up on Morning Skate was better, where there's some NHL lookalikes with some of the people on Game of Thrones. If you get a chance, check that out. Uh, winners of the cup, I think I'm going to go, I don't know, man, probably Boston or it was the lightning, but it's, I think Boston for me and for the iron throne, I think, I think the, uh, I think the white walkers are going to kill everybody. So that's my thing. I don't think Hal has any idea of what I just said. No clue. The one thing that you said that I do want to touch on, on that is, um, First off, I hope you enjoy the show. I don't I don't watch it. I've said that multiple times, but I'm not going to hate people for watching it. Just not my thing. You hate on me all the time for watching it. Yeah, but no one else. Just you. Um, the one thing that I'll say on that, that too, so my, my roommate slash girlfriend, she watches Game of Thrones. Hell yeah. And I knew for a long time, it was like, oh, there's not another episode coming out for two years. Um and it was like one of those things that you're like, man, I don't have two years to worry about that. And then like last week it hit me like, oh my God, it's back. Like how many episodes are there? Uh, there's going to be uh, six episodes in the final season. Oh, that's it? Is it every week? So it's I, only like a month and a half. I think it's every week, but pretty much every episode's over an hour long. That's all right, man. I'll take that. Six weeks is totally doable, and I actually respect that move. Okay. All right. I, there's just going to be some crazy shit popping off. Before we get into our next Twitter question, uh, for you guys listening to the podcast, if 
you have nothing going on, go on the uh, the iTunes there and leave us a review. Five stars, preferably. Let us know. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we're at morning underscore skate. And on Instagram, at morning underscore skate. If you guys have a Facebook, let's face it, it's 2019. More than likely you do. Uh, give us a search and give us a follow. We're, we're trying to really uh, expand here. And the last thing, if you go on our website, morning-skate.com, we put up uh, our store. Our store is now live. We're selling hats. Some sweet hoodies with Zambonis on them, stickers. We have like those phone case things. We have tons. I don't think I've even announced this yet. So uh, if you get a chance, and everything's super cheap. I think t-shirts are like 15 bucks, hats are 20 bucks. I kept it I kept it cheap, dude, because to be honest with you, I don't really give a shit about making money. I give a shit about like getting our our brand out there. I want people to listen to us. I want people to engage. It's fun talking and being a part of like a hockey community with everybody who follows us, as weird as that sounds. Uh, I know Hal hates when I do this, but uh, it just needed to be said. So now, uh, second Twitter question from Jim Big Daddy, one of our number one fans. This guy's been following us for years. He wants to know, are the Leafs finished without Kadri? We talked about this. We touched on it a little bit. I'm going to say yes. I think that's a huge loss for them. Kadri, you may hate him, but he's a fucking good hockey player, and he keep oh, and he keeps your big guys uh, – I don't know. I th- I think they're done. Hey, congrats. Congrats on third overall, Big Jim Daddy. Jim Big Daddy. Um, you've earned it, man. Uh, that was the first. That's Is that sad? The first person I thought of when I saw the Blackhawks had third overall pick was Big Jim Daddy. I don't, I don't think it is sad. I think what's sad is I think he's actually a Vegas fan. Oh, don't tell me that, dude. I think he's also a Blackhawks. No, fan. he he, de- he definitely talks to Blackhawks people. Like they're like they has he has like a chain of people that he like tags and tweets and stuff. And I don't think he hates the Blackhawks. I just remember when he made that really cool video montage for us that he was at a Vegas game. All right. Uh well, I apologize for that. I take it all back. But I did want to just say, oh, he's a black he's a Blackhawks fan. Okay, I sorry. was right. All right. Um, I don't know if the Leafs are finished without Kadri. Like. Obviously, I'm confident as a Bruins fan, but at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to Matthews and Tavares. Like, you have Matthews and Tavares. Like, I think you'll be able to get over that hump. Yeah. Someone was saying that either Marlowe or Nylander is going to slide into the third line center role. Like, that's not that bad. No. I just, I, I, I would feel better if I had Kadri there going up against a team's first line than leaving Matthews and Tavares to do whatever they will, do whatever they please, but. Um, those, those are the Twitter questions. If you guys have any questions during the week, during any time, uh, tweet us your questions or call into the Patty B hotline, 518-309-2595. It's 518-309-2595. Patty B had a big week, so we didn't leave a voicemail. So we're going to hop right into our Lagos Sports, Lee Stepniak's Heroes and Zeros. How do you augment that young group with a veteran player that brings stability, adds a little scoring punch, and has been around the block to make a difference? Tonight's focus is on that guy, number 21, Lee Stempniak. Heroes in zero time. Here we go. I'll go first. My zero goes to franchise players that don't do shit in the playoffs. If you look right now, Crosby, Matthews, Kucherov, and Sagan have all done absolutely fucking nothing. During the playoffs, that's why you paid these guys the big bucks to get you to the playoffs, and once you're there to produce, and they have not done anything. So, my zero of the week goes to all those mentioned. Uh, be a little bit better. Hell yeah, I agree with that. Um, my zero of the week are any bar where UFC fights are is a UFC fight watch party. Um, I like UFC. I I have watched it from time to time. I usually don't buy fights. 
when I walked in after the Bruins game to this bar and they were showing the UFC fights, and I felt like there was 25 people in there that just wanted to run my head through a wall. <laughs> like, like, the amount of testosterone going on and, like, and chin beards and just guys screaming at the TV. Like, it was – I just thought someone was going to kick my ass. There were guys in white beaters. It was, like, 58 degrees out that day. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying they were, like – they looked like they, like – love to lift weights and just pound people at the bus stop i'm just thinking like i'm just thinking about like uh dyed mohawks and like bodybuilding.com t-shirts and like puma sneakers also and you have to put this into context it's in a massachusetts bar in like like massachusetts a lot of towns outside of boston are kind of like clifton park where it's just like strip mall city so it's like a chain restaurant in a strip mall and that's the scene okay I mean, I, I would I would have enjoyed it if I got the invite from Hal and Hal's dad, who I know is listening right now. You know what, man? Like, throw throw, throw the kid some love every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Uh, moving on, my my hero of the week goes to Barry Trotz. Uh, he really has the Islanders playing, and and he he said this after the game. I think all games should start before noon. Be dumb and go for supper or whatever. I'd be pumped if all these playoffs games were at like noon on fucking the weekends. I woke up today and the Islanders are playing the Penguins at twelve o'clock. I was like, thank God, I don't have to wait until seven o'clock tonight to watch some hockey. So I thought yeah, that was cool. That's true. The one thing I would say on that though is it is nice, like on weekends when you're like super drunk and you're passed out on the couch and like the West Coast games going on. Nothing better than that. But it does suck when it's like Tuesday and it's like it's like midnight and you roll over. You check your phone and like you see that like San Jose and Las Vegas are about to go into overtime and it's like oh man like do I get up and watch this yeah. like my that, or my if God. you're watching the game and you're like it's all right I'll be in bed by twelve thirty and then they end, someone ends up tying it up late but it's not like you're gonna give up on the game at that point yeah you're already dude that's so I can't tell you how many times throughout the years like it'll be twelve it goes to overtime or somebody tied it up and I just think to myself I'm like man my boss is gonna hate me tomorrow. Yeah, dude, and there's nothing like, when I was younger and we'd work, like, seasonal jobs together and stuff like that, and, like, we'd go out the night before and you'd come into work, like, violently hungover, I would argue that, like, being an adult and, like, driving to, like, an office and, like, having to do your daily routines after watching NHL hockey till, like, one thirty in the morning is, like, worse. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's tough. It's fucking, it's definitely really fucking hard, dude. I'll give you that. It's it's not good. What, what do you have for your hero? Uh, repeat, repeat, I spelled this wrong, repeat offenders. Uh, Nazem Kadri back, brought back one of my favorite first line or first round storylines is every year. Tom Wilson, Rafi Torres, uh, Matt Cook, Nazem Kadri. The repeat offenders always end up doing something dirty in the first round. It becomes this huge suspension spectacle. Um, it's actually secretly really annoying. I just think a good hero of the week would be repeat offenders because it's a hot topic. No, and I never really thought of that, but it's so true. It's it's like every year you know you're going to get that story from people, and then you don't really think about it, but every year something happens where they need to fucking have that story. What do you think on Tom Wilson? Like He's going to throw a hit that someone's going to say is questionable sooner rather than later, correct? Uh, or you I think no? Definitely before the Washington Capitals get eliminated. And or win the playoffs or the Stanley Cup, yeah. There's no way that that guy goes through a full fucking playoff setting without doing something dumb. Do you think, though, he's just like, the Hurricanes don't even deserve this? He's like holding it back for the next round? Yeah, I think he probably feels bad for him. (laughs) 
He's like, these guys don't even practice. They just watch YouTube videos. <laughs> um, so that was that was this week's Heroes and Zeros. Now we're moving on to our last segment. Don't you guys worry. Three stars is back. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, guys, three stars of the week. It was a big day. Uh, like I said earlier, Game of Thrones is on, which I'm pumped about. But also, if you've been living under a rock, Tiger Woods won the Masters. I'm not a huge golf guy, but I think I, I'm a big enough golf guy to know that like this is gigantic news in the golf world. Like... It wasn't that long Tiger Woods got beat up by his wife with golf clubs and then he got like a DUI with like pills and he, he had some demons and shit and like there's always been reports that he was always like a super weird guy. Like I remember that one report about how he went and did Navy SEAL training just because he wanted to do that. It's crazy to me. Um, he won a Masters. I thought it was really cool. He had a sick moment. They showed the last time he won a Masters he was hugging his dad who has since passed away and then this year he was hugging his kid. Got a little dusty in here, if I'm being honest with you. And I don't even like Tiger or golf. But uh, this week's three stars are three things that we hate about golf. So how about you take it away with your first one? Yeah. And first off, just for reference, like I'm not good at golf. I play a few times a year. I don't hate it, but it's annoying. And I know Ken hates golf. So I figured most hockey podcasts love talking about like the positives of golf. So I figured we just rip off some negatives. It's that time of year. Uh, my first one is golf rangers uh rate of play rate of play rate of play rate of play right when they're either telling you to speed it up or slow it down that always annoys me or even like when we when you're younger or even as an adult really when you're just like crap it cracking open a couple of beers and like he comes by and he's like snooping in like your golf cart and stuff and looking at you like a degenerate it's like hey guy like i'm just trying to have a good time stop coming over here and sneaking up on us and talk to us about us. Yeah, also, yeah. something I really hate, and you might hate this too, is when you go to some of the golf courses where like the golf pro is at the first hole and he like watches you tee off. Yeah. And it's like the biggest like pre- that pressure to me is more pressure than anything else in the world. See the difference between me and you though is I would gladly just be like, it's all right guys, I'll start on the second hole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, what's your <laughs> What's your number three, dude? My my third star is listening to people talk about watching golf and how it's like this great fucking thing. I watched the Masters for a little bit today, and Tiger was on. I thought it was really cool. If Tiger had been golfing, I wouldn't have watched it. I don't understand how people like find that like fun to do. It's just a bunch of like British dudes talking in super monotone voices about like somebody hitting a ball. To me, I'd much rather listen to the southern accent of a NASCAR going 200 miles an hour around Talladega. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. I'm glad that you got a NASCAR reference into this one. That pretty much puts your line in the sand on where you stand with golf. Um, you know what I mean, though? Really like, it's just kind of like uh, maybe if you're – if I was into golf more, I could see like watching it. Here's the, Okay, here's the thing about golf, Hal. You know me. If there's an activity that I can do and I'm good at, I love doing that. And that's always the first activity I ask people if they want to do. The moment somebody wants to do an activity that I'm not good at or don't want to do, I just fucking hate my life. One of them is golf. I can't get the ball off the ground, dude. Like, I'm a really, really, really bad golfer. Like, I'm awful. And I wish I wasn't. Like, it was one thing I wish I was good at because I think if I was good at golf, I would fucking love it. Because you're out with the boys. It's nice weather. To me, I'd rather go fishing. But maybe this summer... 
uh, shout out to House Dad who gave me his old set of golf clubs. Maybe maybe this summer I get out on the links a little bit longer this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's just kind of what I am. I, I just like you don't have to tell me about how you're sitting on your couch watching golf. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're not paying attention to it and there's nothing on, it's like all right, background noise. I don't mind that. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two kind of goes into you sucking. So with me sucking, it's like shanking a drive. I kind of already mentioned that once, but like, say you're on like the seventh hole and you're with your friends, they all go up, they all crank it like 200, 250, they're all getting ready to go. You drive it like 50 yards, like it's so close that you're debating whether getting in the in the cart is worth it or if you should just go walk and hit it again. But now you're already a stroke down. You have this ridiculous shot. You know wherever you shoot the ball next is not in your hands. It's just in the power of God, um, and it's just like that whole hole, like. To put this in perspective, I would never do this, but I, I've been golfing with Ked a few times, and he's had holes like this where I turn around and I look <laughs> back, and I see I see, I see see him looking like Doug Flutie just chucking it like 50 yards down the fairway for his shot. You're just really throwing me under the bus quite a bit this podcast, dude. <laughs> yeah, but once you get caught, you're pretty open about it. You always deny it at first, but everyone knows. So what's your... Uh, What's your second star? I, uh, I'm changing my second star from what's on the list. My second star is just like the, the uh, not like when, when you and I go golfing with the boys, like we, I think we go, like some of us go golfing, they go golfing, but like myself and I think you included, we like going golfing because we like getting fucked up during like a nice day. Like it's a good excuse to go day drinking, right? I don't like the atmosphere at these golf events where everybody's got to be quiet and everybody has to have their shirts tucked in. This whole country club fucking thing, like, I kind of wish that golf had a bad boy. Or, like, golf had, like, somebody who didn't give a shit about stuff like that. Like, to me, that would be cool. I just, I don't like how everybody has to be, like, all prim and proper on the golf course. I mean, I I mean, remember, we went golfing in Corinth one time, and Whitey flipped a golf cart. And it was, like, the first time I had ever been golfing, and I was in the golf cart with him. I'm like, dude, golfing's fucking sweet. And then we looked around, everybody was looking at us, like... Like, we just, like, swore in church. Like, it was like, holy shit, I'm sorry, dude. I didn't know I couldn't have a good time. So that that would be, that's my second star. Kind of piggybacking off this, and I don't know if this falls in line with you, but something that always bugs me is, um, and you know what, I'll just make this my number one screw it. I was going to say my number one was searching for golf balls and losing them because I hate going in the woods. Now, I always feel like I'm going to get a tick or, like, poison ivy. It makes me uncomfortable. Um Oh, don't worry about it, dude, because on fucking regular golf courses, you have to wear pants. So you don't have to – like, who in their right mind wants to go out on a 95-degree day wearing pants? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And then – so my number one is, like, what you're expected to, like, buy their beers. Like, I shouldn't feel like a criminal because I took, like, the four beers that I found in my fridge and put them in a cooler a la Jimmy Shear and and brought them to the course – like, I always find it funny when, like, a golf cart girl comes up and she's trying to sell me, like, a $10 lukewarm Michelob Ultra. And there's, like, and it's, like, you can clearly see I have my own beer. It's, like, no, I don't want to pay for that. Like, I, I just paid $30 to be miserable at this sport. Uh, just, like, get out of my face. I kind of disagree with you more. One of my favorite things about going to a golf course are the beer cart girls. I'm batting 50% every time I've gone golfing by either a number or extracurricular activities. I love golf cart girls, dude. So I don't know why you're chirping golf cart girls. I just, I don't want their product. That's all. 
I suppose. I mean, we normally bring beers anyway, and we run out of the beers by the eleventh hole, and then we gotta buy beers from them. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, that's with you though. Sometimes like golfing with you and like or golfing with someone else is like a completely different. Well, do you want me to bring up my my number one star because it's kind of right on par with this? Is being yeah. expected to participate for eighteen rounds of golf like that's not happening, dude? By by the back nine, I'm retired. I'm the golf cart driver, and I am just pounding beards the entire time. I don't think I've ever golfed on, like, the 10th hole or, or beyond. Yeah, and I, I know there used to be a time where I used to be like, come on, dude, like, play, like, give it a chance. Like, now when someone says something to you, it's just like, you know, just don't even try. He's, mm-hmm. he's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, dude, I... Maybe from now on your move is like if everyone's like, yeah, we're playing 18, you should just pay for nine and not tell them you paid for nine and then just be like, all right, boys, I'm going like going into the clubhouse. I could do that. Get a nice lunch. But I here's one thing about golf, dude. I do love being outside with the boys. Like that is the best. For like three hours, you put your cell phone away. Unless you're me, you're, de- you're totally on your cell phone taking like Snapchats or Instagram stories to make people think you're cool and like good at golf when really you're not. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I put on an Instagram story, like one of Whiteside's clubs thinking people like, Oh yeah, Ked's got cool clubs. No, he doesn't. Uh, but like, I I don't know. I I agree. I love my clubs though, dude. Shout out to Hal's dad. Salt of the earth type shit. It's what I needed. All right, dude. Um, do you have anything else before uh, we say goodbye? That's it, man. Playoff hockey. If you're a fan out there, hopefully your team doesn't get eliminated. I'm sorry. It's soft. All right, see you guys next week.